Thank you for listening to this talk produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia.
talk about it? Yeah, so the rock depicts an octopus whose name is Mercy and it moves fluidly into a spiral shell-like object. Flowing around the prism is Peter, which talks about the shiny shell. Peter is Peter, and the octopus moving into the rocky shell is Peter and Peter. The octopus and the shell appear suspended in an unrestricted black pond, which has white stripes spread around the corner. We have a video of Peter dancing with Mercy. The video is about 20 minutes long, and Peter is admiring the twinkling sand of water, because peacefully the water drops to the ground and makes the rock around the rock spiral. The Japanese word, as Peter mentioned, is a form of an amulet, who was a desperate animal to keep inhabited, and whose competition was protected by a powerful spiral shell. Young, she 
largely focused on nature and pursuit, but instead of despising the decline of urban and concrete cities around her, she decided to use technology and artificial means to reconnect with nature. Interestingly, she uses yeah, process like this attempting to reconnect with nature um, instead of settling further behind. The work is kind of great when it was used to extend what was already out there. And so in that way, she kind of pushed technology to bring that creature back into existence. Ammonite is a common ancestor to many sea creatures, including relatives of common corals, including octopuses and cuttlefish. This indicates that octopuses once lived near each other, and through um, you know, time, evolution, and through natural selection, they eventually formed that shell. After he puts this octopus in the water with this model of ammonite, this reptile is gassed, and as you can see, the octopus, first a bit tentative, and then it starts exploring and really bundling itself up within this shell. Aki says that during the days of creating this work, um, Murphy, the octopus, would actually sleep in the shell at night, every night really, and also when she wanted to clean clean the resin shell, um, the octopus would kind of cling onto it and not want her to take it away from her. She explores the possibility of octopuses, like Murphy, um, having this kind of innate feeling of wanting to stay within confined places like shells. And she kind of ponders whether that is something innate that has been carried on through time. And although the creature has evolved and changed in the way it looks and functions, whether there's something still kind of pulling at its ancestors here that really needs attention. Octopuses in the environment now also do spend time in kind of coconut shells and also bivalve shells. Aki's work included patents and grants that prompted Murphy um, for innovation to make the process better art and using ammonite as a place to start thinking. She addresses toxic criticism from different animals, particularly whales and crocodiles and hippos. Aki defends her work by asking why it's acceptable that she can make artwork from her shell, but not with other animals. This reveals a really interesting viewpoint as to her work, and it's a sense of proliferation and collaboration that she believes that they are equally producing the artwork as she is. Although her work is a collaboration, and actually I would like to mention she does do work with beavers as well, um, where they gnaw at wood, and she creates larger-than-life sculptures from what they gnaw at, um, and also these badworms um, that kind of create these little fabric ovals out of colourful garments that look like miniature kind of couture objects. Yeah, although she sees her work as a collaborative process, um, sharing knowledge and perspectives, it is important to consider whether this is a true collaboration and what the animal is thinking when they participate in this. The octopus smile that has bones and they have nervous, more nervous tissue in their limbs than they do in their actual brain, which is pretty amazing. They're really like alien creatures and their 
bodies have adapted to water, whereas ours have adapted to land. It just, they do seem very disconnected from us. I think use of this idea of interspecies collaboration to allow people to connect with other species and animals and for understanding. She wants to develop a relationship through art. She treats her practice as a tool of discourse and a symbiotic view of learning from one another. Akiko's nature and other animals is a way to learn about nature's means of innovation and ingenuity. And I see Kim's parallel to Nick's and Nadia's work. This is particularly clear. Nadia's work, uh, all her work really, but the binary nature she uses to connect is really revolutionary. What has resonated with me about Akiko and Nadia's work is that she seems to want to avoid deeper connection between all beings in space and time. She wants to form relationships and explore the minds of all different species, but also searches for commonality in identity, language, and history. In Think Evolution Number 1, she picks up the heartbeat of this by creating threads between present day and also millennia ago, creating connections between deep sea creatures and us on land. She looks at how bodies move and feel different within spaces, how confining oneself and feeling protected may be something innate to some animals, but where did that innate feeling come from? Arts and culture can push the boundaries of spatial multiplexity and collaborative way of thinking. New secrets about space and the rest of the natural world can be unlocked. And learning from all these things is an important way to do this. I think Aki Inamanta is a contemporary artist who is humbly exceedingly accelerating forward the use of art within space. So thank you. That was all.